0: I'm standing here at Malin Head, the most northerly point in Ireland, on a lovely October day. The scenery is breathtaking and stunning. But I'm just thinking to myself, I'm in a very remote area. And how would I get out of here by public transport? I mean, I know there's no train. I know Pollhern don't come as far as Malin Head. So what would I do? Now I can see in the distance a site which is a very friendly site. To me. It's the site of a Lost Willie bus. And I can remember the Lost Willie going back to the 60s. We'd go on our summer holidays to Ghidor in Donegal. And always from Letter Kenny you took the Lost Willie bus. I also have a very personal memory of the Lost Willie because on a very cold March day in 1976, on the Lost Willie bus from Letter Kenny to Gidor, I first spoke to the girl who was later to become my wife. And it was so cold and breezy that day that the sunroof, no less, on the Las Willi bus jammed at open and it snowed inside in the bus, believe it or not. A sort of a mock, freezing cold confetti falling all around us. So, as you can imagine, the Las Willi is always associated with happy events for me. So I'd like to invite you now to come on a journey with me through north-west Donegal, on the
3: Swilly.
2: London and Luxwilly Railway Company was set up in 1853 by Royal Charter. And for the following 100 years, that's what it operated as, solely as a train company. The, The name of the company was set up back in 1853 and uh, it still continues to trade under that same name as London Derry and Luxwilly Railway Company although that's such a, a big long uh, name that people decide to shorten it and s- certainly the people of Derry and, and Donegal did so over the years it, you'll either get it called uh, Luxwilly or simply the Swilly. In 1929 Luxwilly decided to introduce buses into its uh, company and between 1929 and the outbreak of war, 1942-45, buses were uh, beginning to build up within the company. They bought over private bus companies, such as Bars of Bunkrana and um, other people in Donegal, Kerry Kerrykeel and elsewhere. And during the course of the war years, um, with a shortage of petrol, buses were stacked and wrecked and trains were the only mode of transport until the war finished in 1945-46. And once again, buses came back on stream uh, alongside the trains until the last train left in 1953 on a trip from Derry to Burtonport. Um, Luxville operates services from as far away as the most northerly point, which is Head, right through to Dunlow, which is at boson area, on the way the bus route runs It's approximately 140 miles. Uh, we run daily services Monday through Saturday. The only service route we service on Sundays is between Derry and Buncrana. Unfortunately, the company isn't in any financial situation or hasn't been for quite a number of years to buy new buses. Uh, we're always forced to look down the road of second-hand buses and try to get the best deals we can. Uh, our current fleet list our service buses would be an average of 17, 18 years of age and our school buses a little bit older. We continue to seek financial assistance um, from both the Irish government and the Northern Ireland office. Uh, to date, alas, we, we are... Not successful there, but it hasn't stopped us from trying. We run, like I say, uh, approximately three buses per day, Monday through Friday, and uh, two buses on Saturdays from the Gilta area to through Falkara and through the Letterkenny with onward connections to Derry. That, for some time, has been a loss-making route, uh, I suppose, for the main reason would be uh, the want of, of employment in the gidor Dunlo area. So we really only have school children and the elderly travelling mostly on our buses Uh, there isn't that many um, daily shopping people Uh, there just isn't um, there isn't the population to to sustain any better service in that part of the world
4: I'm Kahal Murray, and as well as being a saxophone player with my own dance band, I'm with the Los Bus Company now, the Los Bus Company now, that's 39 years, and uh, we're just leaving Dunlow now on my fourth trip round the Rosses, Gidor, Bloody Foreland, and the Felterra, which I do every day. We're just now... Uh, Past bloody Foreland Heights, and if you see out there now to your uh, left, uh, you see Tory Island out there, and Anish Boffin and you can see further along Horn Head, and uh, just looking straight in front of you, you see Ericil Muckish and Dowish. People, uh, visitors that be on the bus, they just can't. Even though this is the long journey around, it's a scenic one here. Yeah. I guess the one that's park in the British Isles, bloody Poland, yeah. you know. Oh, the one there bit of Gale, it's a very storm force. It was terrible coming over there at night. Uh, I used to have to get a... He was a big hefty man uh, from round Brunelic, and I used to ask him to stand against the door from... Even with small bolts on the door the gust one would just put the two doors in and then the skylights would all lift up and uh, he, the man who would have a job was even pushing him in as well him inside and uh, oh, there were some fierce nights and then you'd be holding tight against the one and then the one would slacken a wee bit and he had a job controlling the bus then because she would go across the road on you you know uh, but, so oh, it was, it was, uh, the gales were terrible round there. Some days we used, when I would be on there, like, on a fair day we would we would send in the double-decker. Because on a fair day you had a wild crowd coming into Falkera. And, uh, but <laughs> seen one day the de- double-decker only got to Falkera, couldn't venture round. It was even coming down from Letterkenny with the deck here at, at, uh, at the Gap there, Creasley. Uh, a terrible job holding her. She was too high. But you couldn't dream of going round the Foreland with her. You'd be, you should have been blown over. And uh, there's one particular point there, the old schoolhouse at the top of Follow. Just as you go to the Foreland Heights Hotel, there's one spot there for you. When it's the regale, you just... Yeah, yeah, you have to hold as tight as you can. And then to see, prepare for me a shit down by the wall. Should
5: there's O'Donnell from Carrick, Derrybeg. I'm heading for Falkara. I always travel on the Lost Willy and would miss it very much if it wasn't there.
4: Joe and me, Sponnaca. I'm going to be to I'm going to you to 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 Uh, we're just now at Uh, uh going through Minalara there, with Shaw Maharorti and Uh You can see Inish Boffin out there now, it's very close to us there now. And uh, houses now would be starting to get empty now this time of year, in the summertime, and all go back in there to live and do a wee bit of fishing and that, you know. I suppose they're hustling there now. Uh, it seems to be doing well. A lot of people going. It's nice and peaceful and quiet. And uh, you can see a good view of it there now. When we were stopped, <laughs> to say hello, and uh, a lot of foreigners. Yeah, lots, lots, every nationality. Oh, they just can't get ordered. And uh, yeah, no, I don't. Uh, and uh, I'd enjoy, enjoy listening to some of the people are talking in Irish and some were talking English. And, and uh, I, yeah, they're a good crack sometimes. Uh, there was a guy who came on one day and he had a, a box of checks. Ah, they wouldn't be small checks, they'd be a couple of months old. And there were a few foreigners on the bus. I think they were Germans and they were taking photos right around the post. the next thing the hens escaped out of the, the small hens escaped out of the box and started flying round the bus and uh, I think it would be a big scoop for them because there were cameras going right left and centre <laughs> and I opened the skylight but they couldn't get out the, the chickens couldn't get out so I opened the door some of them got out I think I had a meal in Torrey for a couple of days after chickens (laughs) (laughs) flew in the (laughs) Torrey way back years ago we used the bus now here would be the two racks would be full from end to end day old chicks and uh, I had this terrible people were supposed to make you going along the road and take the chicks from you and there would be the odd one then wouldn't turn up and you were left with a box of day old chicks or maybe two and you had to take them home that night and you tried to look after them and yeah, some of them might die and next day then they would be out looking for them and uh, but the chipping would, the chip, the noise, the uh, squeaking of them would be in your head for ages because that would be going on for a whole month nearly mm. and in and, and, uh, springtime you know the, the day old chicks. And, uh, but now you wouldn't get one box on, it's all delivered by van, you know. But we used to carry everything on the bus, like, you know, we carried anything at all on the bus. But way back, that was, it was like somebody said when the train went off in Gidor at Gidor station, the first day the bus went on, somebody told, it's a fair day in Falcaran. and somebody told uh, this guy that he could take... He had two young calves that he could take them on the bus and he landed. he landed at the bus and he went to the conductor and he says, where do I put these? And all oh, conductors, says, you can't take them on. I was told you could take them on. and uh, But he thought they were only joking on him, you know, because the train used to take all that stuff on the Gidor station and Burton Port, they'd take... Boats and things like that, there'll be carriages. So there were rare times then. <laughs> now, we're just coming up here now to door here, this middle door here now. And uh, I see just up a little bit further here now. I used to have your mother in the bus a lot. Uh... She was be coming from Dublin, and she was always on the late bus. She always had a fierce heavy bag with her, and I, I used to say to her, "Have you a with watch in the bag?" The weight of it. Now we just uh, left uh, Crawley. We're now in Annagry. Uh, that's the branch off road round, round the lower Rosses. Uh, we're just going through Anagree now, going over to Mulladuff. And uh, we'll be going through King Castle, Port, and port then, and Dunluce. From there on.
5: My name is Patricia McTeague, and I uh, was originally. My parents are from Dunluce. We came from there. And we moved over to Scotland in the late fifties, as there was no work in this area, and I've now returned. And I use this lorry bus going into Dunloa a lot. I also go to Fulcara and Letterkenny, and I find it a great experience because you meet a lot of the older people or the traditional people that don't have cars, um, maybe because they can't afford them, and they have their bus passes. And you hear a lot of stories as well on the bus. Um, what's happening, local, old things and uh, the route that you take is very, very scenic Um, I think it takes you back to the old traditions of Ireland on the bus um, it's very scenic and very windy, it takes a long, long time to get where you're going (laughs) and there's some very, very remote places I often wonder how the bus driver manages but They know the road's like the back of their hand. They've been doing it for so long.
3: I let the glamour and the money lure me from my home. Ah, but that was a long time ago. And now I would give everything To be back again And living at home in
1: Donegal My name is Jackie Donaghy. I was employed with the Loxwally Bus Company from 1948 until 2004. I started off as a bus conductor in in uh, 1948 relieving holidays the first hol- the first job I got was in Bombay the first bus that I drove would be a it'd be a Leyland and uh, I wasn't driving until about nineteen nineteen fifty five. 1955 the first license I got the first uh, driving licence that I got was in Coventry. That would be about 1951. But always came back home again to Donegal for the simple reason you could say the savage loves his native shore. <laughs> employment was very scarce in this area at that time and all the employment seemed to be in Scotland and England but mostly Scotland for some unknown reason most of the emigrants were all going to um, what, do you, what we called the Highland Scheme in, uh, in Scotland. That was up, way up north, up by Anverari and all around that area. Because it was well known, I think, that the Donegal people were great workers. The Lough Swilly would have at least 15 buses and they were going to various parts in Donegal, mostly... Now to Quidor, they got a very big percentage of the uh, people who were travelling in those boats. I would say without doubt there'd be at least 12 buses going to the Quidor area. That would take in Don Burtonport and all around that area, Kinkaisla and, you know, the, the what I would call the Gailtact area. <coughs> Bunkrana would be next in line. It would get anything up to about seven buses full, people going to Bunkranagh, even looking for accommodation Moville would have had five or six buses so in other words the Swoley had up to 25, 30 buses operating at six o'clock in the morning here out of the, what we called Water Street and Derry from the Scotch Boat
4: But I was young before I went on the buses but I was on the buses when they were starting to leave the tatty-hooking and that you know they were going out to other works but oh you would you would have the bus packed and all the cases trunks would be everything tied onto the trunks pans all that sort of stuff for the wood used for their cooking from the wood away and uh, we would have to put that all up, the driver, the driver who up and the conductor would push them up. Uh, there were conductors on the buses that time when I started and uh, take them down then, change it, Volterra, we'd have to take down them again and put them on to another bus and uh, it was sad. I seen 14 buses down in Port one night serving the islands, Iron Moor Island and round the Rosses and Gidori areas, 14 buses so you can imagine 50 people on every bus you know, mm-hmm. the big drain it was on the area at that time you know uh, but then they wouldn't be back till October then or round about October, end October They
3: it's egg and out of gun and we'll a and a sleeve I'm tired
1: this was one Sunday night I remember it so well. It was a very good good Sunday in Bunkrana. When I say good, I mean weather-wise. And that particular Sunday we may have had 115 loads of people in Bunkrana. I myself was on the late runs and I remember leaving the depot about half past ten, making my way to Derry and then coming back you put the bus into the garage. I made my way home. I was in bed when I heard a knocking at the door. Looked out the window. It was a couple of guards. They said, is, is there no buses going to Derry tonight? So they're all gone. Well, you may come up to the depot. For the, there's at least two loads of people left and they're standing at the depot. Uh, and I went over and got a double-decker bus out and went up, and I'm sure I got 70 people at half-past 12, and I had to take them on And today, But I remember it was one of those nights when you had over 100 loads in Bunkrana on a Sunday. My father was a bus conductor with the Swally Bus Company during the war years. I remember him coming home at night, and telling us some queer stories, what he witnessed in man had, one of those occasions was he said he saw the Queen Mary been attacked by a German submarine. I said, "How did you know, Father? It was the Queen Mary? Well, he says, the locals down there know all these ships from their funnels, and this one i th- I think I remember had four funnels Ah uh, it wasn't very it wasn't unusual for my father too, to come home at night with tin stuff such as bread, tin sausages. It was all near airtight tins. It had been washed in all round head. Uh, we did use it, and as far as I know. It was very good, yeah. I always remember my father saying there were all, an awful lot of tins of oil washed in also. And the locals did partake in it. That was washed off ships. Apparently, I the, sometimes they came ashore, some of the crew, and did partake in getting fresh eggs and butter from the locals. Now, he maintains that was true. And I got it verified after it was true.
6: Ma'am, my name is David Where? Day right for last Wally. We're just leaving Day and we're on the ten fifteen service to Malon Head from Day and we're in the going down the Strand Road now. It goes to Malinhead during the during the winter now it's only Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays, uh the ten fifteen and the ten past one goes to Malon Head. Other services go to Cairn but not to Malon Head. It's popular during the summer with hollymakers and uh, especially foreigners going down to hostels in Malon Head and people go down in the morning service and sightsee for a few hours and then come back up in the later later service. Drivers in this run has extra heartache with currencies. People get on and they pay in sterling and in euro. And our machine, we can't... The driver has to calculate himself. The machine doesn't calculate for him. Has the differences in sterling and euro? People could pay £10 sterling or pay... 20 euros, and we have to give back a change in euros or back a change in sterling. We're in the north to pay in sterling and in the south to pay in euro. But not everybody has come to that notice yet. We're now passing where the, the army checkpoint used to be back. It's not for five years ago. Or so the army checkpoint used to be here. It's not at, at the border. The border is another mile two down the road. Took to, to off towards the, as a checkpoint, but the army used to stop here, and we used to always have to go through the checkpoint every day. Going through, going through to Derry or coming from Derry. Sometimes it was uh, on the bridge. On the end route, it was closed for six months whenever there was an explosion one time, and uh, all traffic had to go out via Muff to go to Buncrana. And it was, a, I can imagine, it would be a major heartache for drivers and managers who were trying to keep their timetable. Troubles were were bad.
2: Uh, uh Bus schedules were, were, uh, excuse the pun, shot to pieces with it because uh, with the introduction of Army checkpoints, uh, uh, it meant that several service buses were running continually late. Um, At one stage when you got to the border crossings, the Army would ask all its passengers to leave the bus, put them up against the bus and search them. That went on both uh, as you left Derry and also as you entered Derry. So with the, the checkpoints at both Kaush on the Bunkrana Road and Culmore on the Maville Road and uh, Kille on the Letterkenny Road that became the norm so um, but it was it, it was troublesome times back then and uh, it was hard to make ends meet can I tell you a little story about one of our our, our managers we had a a manager back in the late, in the late early 60s called James White. And uh, I remember one evening when I was uh, doing the late shift in Great James Street, uh, you usually had one or two bombs would go off throughout the city. And you knew you had to go and find out shortly after the bomb went off where it was and what extent of damage it'd done because you had Jimmy White phone in to find out where it was. So around about 7, 7.30... The first bomb that evening went off and I went outside and found out from people passing that that became Peerless Cleaners in Magazine Street. And uh, surely 10-15 minutes had elapsed and the phone rang and it was Mr White. And he asked where it was and I told him and he wanted to know the extent of the damage and said it wasn't too bad. But lo and behold, about an hour or so later, a second bomb went off a little bit closer to to the bus station. It was over in William Street in a bakery, yeah, Edom's Bakery. and uh, It caught fire, and uh, I was able to see from where I was that that was quite a bad one. And lo and behold, 15, 20 minutes later, the phone called Mr White again, and I told him the extent of the damage. But about 9.30, quarter 10, somebody left a bomb around the site of our own bus depot. So I had to evacuate the building, and we were all at the bottom of the street, the firemen and the police... And the bus we just went banging across the road and uh, we were standing looking at the debris and and the next thing I heard the phone ring and I turned to one of the firemen and says, I've got to answer that phone. He says, don't go in there. He says, no. I says, I know who it is. And I, I plowed over the top of the debris and got in and lifted the phone and, and Mr. White said, where was that Connell?" And I said, that was the bus depot here, Mr. White. <laughs> he said, oh my God, it'll be up in a minute. When you go back to 1969 and and the, the time the army was was coming in into um into Derry just after the the battle of the bogside um we actually were the company that, that went into those areas and um took families out to to several parts of Donegal so i think maybe people looked upon Luxwilly as that sort of a company that that could go into areas that maybe others couldn't get to and uh I can recall taking several busloads of, of uh, especially the wives and the children, down to places like Boncrana, and they were put up in several houses in Moncrana and also in the Plaza Ballroom. And mm. also we took them to Letterkenny as well. So we were going in and out of, of no-go areas, uh, and, and seemed to be quite well accepted in there mm. uh, for whatever reason. Um, it would have been refugees, yeah. We took them out and they, were, they stayed in, in those areas for uh, two, three weeks and then we, re- when the troubles would have eased up uh, with, like I say, the introduction of the army in because when the army did come into Northern Ireland, you will recall, they were uh, very welcomed by the people of Derry. In
1: the early 70s, there was a big evacuation of people from the bog side out to the Republic. That was mostly... Uh, to, uh, in my case, to Newton and Letterkenny. I think it the the Swoley Bus Company put it on a voluntary basis who wanted to do it. There was another driver called Sean Redden and myself. We were the, f- the first two volunteers. And I remember that particular day, that's all we'd done was take people from the box side... Mostly to Newton and Letterkenny, they certainly did show their appreciation because I remember them coming along and saying how delighted we are that you went to, to, to our beck and call when you when you were required. Uh, it really was a terrifying time I can tell you because. The troubles was really at its worst over on the bad side.
2: Yeah, I suppose the troubles of Northern Ireland were a horrific time. But I suppose looking back on it, uh, we Irish are good at making at looking back at the incidents and uh, seeing the funny side. And I suppose another story that happened to us back then was in the summer of seventy-two, around about midday or thereabouts. We had a little pay-in room that the busmen were using to cash in their previous day's money and. Um, the morning in question the uh, a guy walked in the door with a large brown bag with smoke belching from it and informed me I was the cashier at the time that there was a bomb in it and we had a matter of minutes to evacuate the building and uh, I wonder, did you ever see three men try to get out a door at one time because the three of us all tried there and it was, it was quite funny looking back on it but anyway two of us went out the door after we got out the main office door but the third party uh, one of our bosses Bertie Bertie Scarlet. he went up through the cloakroom and jumped into the waiting room and I shouted to him Bertie come on let's get out of here there's a bomb here he said, he said no I'm not going to past that that there it might blow up anyway I left him because I wasn't staying I went outside and realised there was an insurance company above us and so I went upstairs and informed the girls up there that there was a bomb uh, down in our building and we should move Came downstairs, went in next door to a drapery shop and Miss Gallagher had a shop next door to his in Great James Street and uh, informed her. So I got down to the bottom of Great James Street about some ten minutes or so later and asked, did Bertie ever come out? And the other fellow in the office says, no, he's still in there. So a few minutes later, bang, and the front of our bus depot went straight across Great James Street and I ran up the street and I remember again the officer shouting, come back, there might be a second. And I said no, there was only the one brown bag and I think that's it. So I went up to the bus station and shouted in over the rubble and of the building. Bertie, are you there? And I got no answer. And I shouted again, Bertie, are you not in there? And the next thing from way at the back of the building into our toilets, I heard this voice, Is that you, Connell? And I said, Bertie, he said, Ah, oh, come and help me. So I climbed over all the fallen rubble, got in and practically carried him out. And um, he got a bit of medical attention. He wasn't too bad, more shocked than anything. And um, the funny side of it was the next day, the headlines of the mirror read: Bomb flushes Bert out of loo.
6: Yeah, we're coming to Karen now. Karen Dunna, there's at what had the biggest secondary school in Ireland. At one stage, there was over. Over seventeen hundred pupils at it and there was nearly two hundred um, teachers. It was principal now is Paul Florentini. It was before him was Brian Mons, more more popularly known for his football skills. Um, we last volley would have had at one stage over twenty two buses going into the school every morning and leaving every evening. All from Moval, Shreve, as far that as far as Muff. Would have went to this school and across to Oris, Clamane, Cadaf, Malinhead, all would have went to Dunnock Community School. Well, bus Aron has never gone as far north as any shown They do the service from Liddick-Nay to today, and that's as far north as they go. While we still do any shown and Fannett as well, and us the bus does not come from there. They do not do the Como Road or across Muff unless on tours. They do tours into Annisheown and maybe bus Bussierne might have one or two tours during the summer, but they do not operate a service to and shown as such. Right, we're now coming into Mallon Town, more famously known for its Teddy Town Award, a very nice town. Um, this bridge that we go over going into Mallon Town has ten arches, and as far as I'm led to believe, it's uh, the longest crossing with the most arches. And probably some of you will say different and it's a very old bridge it's a big stone bridge and then when we go through Montown we'll head out along Strabiggy Bay and we'll be on our left we're actually coming up here now to the sand dunes uh, the Lag here our, our line formed as the highest in Europe and they reach all the way across to, to Lag Beach or Five Finger Strand which over the last number of years has been known to be been eroded was been washed away there would have been a ten foot drop from what, where the beach used to have been to where it was, but yeah, this summer now the tides, the sanders, starts to come,
1: return back to the beach. The the in and, and the early, the forties and fifties had the contract for delivering all the Irish papers. That would be uh, the Irish Independent, at that time the Irish Press, the, the Dairy Journal, and the Dairy People. There was one shop in Boncrana. And she was always complaining about... She wanted her papers early. Sometimes the papers would be taken, taken on to the depot and the uh, the shopkeepers would come to the depot and collect them. But this particular lady, she always wanted them delivered when the bus was coming into town. So apparently my father, he, he got her papers as usual, but he was standing on the running board of the bus. And when he came to this particular lady's shop... He let the papers go thinking it would go in the front door but unfortunately it missed the front door but it went through the wonder. I think when he arrived at the depot the inspector came out and said that Mrs. So-and-so get her papers this morning. She did. She got them through the front wonder.
2: We delivered both uh, early morning newspapers and the evening papers such as the Belfast Telegraph from Derry and both the Dublin papers of the Evening Herald and the Evening Press. I remember travelling home to Bunkranagh one night on our 6.20 service through the village of Burnfoot and one of our conductors um, was getting the parcels ready to drop off at Grant's. And I think you have to picture the scene where just outside Grant's shop there was a a farmer uh, on his cart taking carrots to get them off the cart and the horse seemed to me like he was half asleep. But when Jackie threw the bundle of papers it went straight onto the horse's legs. The horse took off the farmer took off out of the cart out right out and his mouth and nose onto it, and the horse career through the village of Burnfoot and Jackie says let's get the hell out of here <laughs> so thanks be to God nobody inquired <laughs> who caused the galloping horse through Burnfoot that day we're up
6: here now nearly in Malhead and not, there are not many left on the bus now but we're at the end of the line and just to say that it well, that is important those people now will get the bus now heading back going to Cairn to visit people in, host- in the hospital in Cairn and to get their shopping and to get a bank, post office. It, it is important for, for the people off the area. and A lot of people are depending more on cars, but they're still the people who cannot afford cars and they still need the bus service. And Even though it is we're, we're the only one that provides the service out in Mallonhead, we're now in Ballygarman it's in Head. We're heading... I suppose heading down towards the, the pier now or t- towards the end of the line if you look straight ahead you can see um, a tower, it's an old tower um, a witch tower that was built, uh, and that is actually the most northerly point in Ireland, that's Bambus Crown, more commonly known and on your right you can see Anster Hull, which has, was been, people loved in Hall Hull up until the 1950s and sometimes on a clear day you can see behind, you can see Scotland it'd be a Jura you'd be seeing and on your left you can see um, Fanad Light, you see Fanad fan Peninsula, and on across you can see. Sometimes on a clear day, if you see Scotland, you probably see Tory Island on the left. And this the, the bus will now turn after when it goes down here at the bottom of the hill. It turns and now it heads back towards Derry again.
2: Uh, What the future holds for the Swilly? Well, I suppose a lot of that will depend on how successful the company will be in pursuing uh, financial assistance from both sides of the border. Uh, Like I say, we have gone continually to to Dublin over the last 12 or 14 years. Uh, Until now, we haven't had any success, but um, we will continue to to pursue that avenue. Um, They're always trying to set up... um, Committees uh, to form transport companies both sides of the border, and since this company has operated on both sides of the border for the last seventy um, odd years, uh, I think we're in the the number one position to be a company that should be certainly at the forefront of this. Uh, and like I say, the fact that we are running services alongside both Translink in the north and Bus Air in the south, and we have bus stations in in, in a few locations, we we are trying to run the same type of service as they do and if we could only get a little bit of financial help we would be able to offer the people of Donegal and Derry a much better quality bus.